This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Navy has agreed to empty one of its largest strategic fuel tank farms in the Pacific. That's after 14,000 gallons of jet fuel seeped into drinking water in Hawaii. But the Navy's troubles don't end there. Military families are still displaced by the leak, and the Navy didn't have answers to some big questions, as officials testified before Congress earlier this week. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni has the latest. And let's begin at the beginning here, Scott. Why is the Navy, as they put it, defueling these tanks? And can they still fly out of Hawaii if there's no fuel in there? Right. Well, there was a spill back in November, and this was 14,000 gallons of jet fuel. The Navy says that spill was caused by an operator error, which means that someone made a mistake somewhere along the way. Now, this fuel farm has about four people constantly overseeing to watch for spills or any other sorts of errors. But this has happened multiple times. There was another spill back in May, and then there was leakage within the tanks in 2014. Now, there's going to be some studies coming out on the causes of this, especially this week. Also, in the coming months, the Navy has its own internal studies going on, as well as studies from inspector generals and other judge advocate generals to see exactly what happened and how they got into this situation. But shutting down what this area is called as the Red Hill Fueling Storage Tank, it's also a readiness issue. It holds 250 million gallons of fuel, which is quite a lot of fuel if you think about it. And, and it's really a big refueling station for the Pacific, especially considering it's right smack dab in the middle of the Pacific when the United States is focusing on deterring China and Russia. So uh, commanders say at this point they can handle things with local storage in the short term, but they don't have answers for long term refueling there. And that may be something they need to do, considering how big this is and if it is a systemic problem. And what do they do with 250 million gallons of fuel after they take it out? It's got to go somewhere. Right. And that's part of one of the bigger issues of how they're going to deal with this. Obviously, this will go into larger local storage facilities that are not in the ground. So it will go into trucks. It will go into larger silos and things like that. But we also don't necessarily know how the Navy is going to continue going with this. They have a strategic plan that they need to submit to the Hawaii Department of Health by February 2nd to explain how they're going to do this, what the plan will be and the costs. But at this point, the cost of the spill alone has been about a quarter of a billion dollars. There's going to be plenty of continued remediation in the future. And then taking care of service members, taking care of the environment, everything else contingency-wise that they've been trying to uh, shore up. So basically, they've got two problems. One, the tanks seem to be leaky because they've been there since the 1940s, plus people spill. Right. And they don't really know any sort of – they don't really have any idea at this point of how leaky these tanks may be. There was a study done back in 2019 looking at these tanks and seeing if they're – has been any leakage. The Sierra Club of Hawaii states that since 1943, when these were first built, that at least 180,000 gallons of fuel have leaked into Hawaii's water from Red Hill. Past spills, this one from 2014, spilled 27,000 gallons of fuel into the drinking supply, water supply. And then there is a third party report, like I was saying, from 2019, that that really said there's a 27.6% chance that 1,000 to 30,000 of gallons of fuel could leak into the water per year. Now, the Navy stated that they don't really agree with that, considering the historical record has not reflected that 
and that since 1983, there hasn't been really any leaks except for that one in 2014. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni, and so they don't at this point really know the true condition of what those buried tanks look like. Exactly, and, and that's the benefit of bringing out this this uh, gas from these tanks. There could be a possibility that the Navy may appeal this decision from the Department of uh, Health in Hawaii. Uh, obviously, it's going to take a lot of money to do. It's a big strategic cost, as we talked about. So we're going to have to wait in the future to see how they're, they're dealing with this plan and what sort of judicial and litigative actions they will have. Right. So it could be, in the worst case, from the Navy's standpoint, they'd have to dig up the whole farm and put in new tanks. That's that's the possibility. And then that would be at quite great cost to the, the Navy. And then obviously they would have to change uh, what they were budgeting for in, in the POM cycle and also with readiness and operations. And Scott, you're also reporting that the spill is affecting service members who live in that area. What's going on there? Well, one of the things that Navy officials said was that they had to push the timeline for bringing back displaced service members. They had 4,000, over 4,000 service members and family members who were moved into temporary housing or really just off of the base, which is Pearl Harbor Hickam, Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. They were originally trying to get these people back by Christmas, New Year's timeframe. Now they're looking at late January and February, and that's just because that, that timeline was pushed in terms of how they were rethinking this and, and looking at the potential of the problem. Uh, there's also the just the health impacts of this. Service members have oily sheens and oily smells coming from their drinking water. People are, are reporting feeling nauseous, having diarrhea, getting sick from this, headaches, other things. And then they don't know the long-term plans of this. Right now, houses are being flushed. Uh, so people who are not displaced have to wait for officials to come to their house do a full flush of everything, including hot water heaters and everything else that uses water, including the pipes. So this is a a huge undertaking by the Navy, and it it takes a lot of time out of the service members' day as well. But they have been able to measure quantities of fuel mixed in with water to date. It's it's at dangerous levels, which is why they're flushing it out. But they don't really know the extent of how far this has gone. And right now, Red Hill sits above an aquifer, about 100 feet above the main aquifer within Oahu, that provides 77% of the water, the drinking water, within that one island. So you could flush a house, but if it pulls in water that's contaminated, you haven't accomplished anything. Exactly. And they're continuing testing at this point. However, the results haven't been made public yet. And a lot of service members are starting to get frustrated. We've looked on their Facebook page at uh, Pearl Harbor, Hickam, and seen that many service members are saying it's great that you're testing, but we'd like to see the results. We'd like to see timelines for when our houses will be flushed. We can't just be sitting here all day. We have orders we need to go to and, and jobs we need to do. So it's a very frustrating situation for a lot of these service members and their families. And safe to say there are a lot of different authorities that impinge on this issue, local water authorities, local environmental people, plus a lot of separate Navy agencies. There's a huge amount of moving pieces. There's a Defense Logistics Agency, Navy Installations Command, Supply Systems Command, Naval Facilities Engineering Systems Command, and the Army Corps of Engineers. Just a lot of people dealing with this all at once. I can see this one going for 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.